0: I also want to bring to you Garmin. Garmin Fishing Hunt sponsors the Gun Dog Notebook podcast. And you better believe that when I got that good old flank collar on, on, on Vegas, when y'all asking me all kinds of questions, what's really important is what kind of collar I'm using to implement that particular training method. It's a Garmin Pro 550+. Go get yourself one today. Also... When I pull up to Vegas's first field trial, his derby trial at Rocky Creek Field Trial Club, I'll be pulling up with Vegas and a Dakota 283 G3 Kennel. Go check out Dakota 283 Kennels now and use my promo code TGDN10 for 10% off any regular priced item at checkout. Also, I want to thank Lion Country Supply for supporting the Gun Dog Notebook podcast and of course supporting field trials. Uh, Lion Country Supply is the world's premier gun dog supplier and anything you need to get that dog ready for his first derby trial, you can find it at Lion and Country Supply. All right guys, so welcome back to another episode of the Gun Dog Notebook podcast. I'm just now coming back from uh, We stayed in Montgomery, Alabama, but the trial was at Sedgefield Plantation and uh, in Union Springs, Alabama, and I got a chance to hang out with the Tommy Rice of Diamond R Kennels. Most of you guys have seen him on the podcast a couple of times, heard him, um, but he was so kind to have me out there hanging out with him and, and gave me a couple of his horses to ride, Moose and Lev, and I got a chance to see many of the dogs that I've seen uh, all up and through American Field. So that was really, really cool. I got a chance to see some very good dog work. Um, the conditions, it got a little hot for him, but all in all, it was just a really, really good experience. Um, and we mentioned it some on here on this episode with Tim Cavanaugh, who is a Connecticut field trialer and has you know, spent a great deal of time working some dogs, um, has a wealth of knowledge and information. And I'm just really looking forward to speaking with him about all of his thoughts and comments, especially on judging. So stay tuned for this episode of the Gun Dog Notebook podcast. But we were talking about, um, you know, the draw for the um, National Open Shooting Dog Championship. So I think it was thirty-eight, thirty-eight, thirty-eight boxes. braces, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's 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 quite a draw. It it really oh, yeah. is. Now, do you have any dogs that you are 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 looking forward to see the results of? I know I do. Um.
1: Well, I see. Uh, you know, uh, the Tracys have several dogs in it, and mm-hmm. that, uh, Matt Matt Bazalone, and uh, those, those dogs that those are the dogs that I see a lot up here. Right. So I'm, I'm actually see how they do down there compared to you know
0: what I see up here. Right. Right. Well, this will be my first trial that I went to see on this, you know, scale. Um, mm. So this is going to be interesting. I've, I I want to see, cause I'll be down there to, you know, I'm going down today um, to hang out with uh, a buddy, um, Raymond Jackson and just to run, you know, do some stuff. And then I'll meet up with Tommy rice tomorrow. And so I'll ride around and I'll be down there that you know, that whole day. So the dogs that Gosh. I'm looking forward to seeing are um Strut Nation. You see a lot of him. Yep. Um and touches two step. So Tommy'll be running or handling um touches two step. And it's a touch dog, like those dogs mm-hmm. always seem to do really well. Yeah, <laughs> and then the way better dog, so way better Rocky is the one that I also want to see from Mike Tracy. He's handling. Yeah, that,
1: he. Yeah, um, I see him run up here often, and he's he's a very nice dog. Yeah, and he's he's been winning a lot.
0: Yeah. So I, I I've seen them, you know, it, it is not a coincidence when you keep seeing them in American field. No, there's a reason for it. <laughs> there's a reason for it. There's a reason what? for it. And then um Steel City, Alabama, um, Matt Basleone, um yeah. he's he's one that I want to keep on uh the docket. Now Sean Kinklar's got that Thunderbolt that's running against um Steel City. That's going to be an interesting brace. Um just because Sean and King Clark are such a good handler. Mm-hmm. Uh, um you know, I'm I'm interested in seeing how that whole thing, but I'll at least get a chance to see cuz they're running four braces a day. Yeah. Um hour and a half, so I'll be able to see those down to the way better dogs. That's
1: nice. Those judges, wow, an hour and a half. That's a lot of that's a lot of time in the
0: saddle there. Yeah, Ooh. my butt gonna be hurting. <laughs> them,
1: them judges, your yeah, butt, them judges.
0: Ooh. Oh my god, yeah. That's... I can't even
1: imagine that.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I, it, since we we got into this whole field trial, and I get, I guess we should go ahead and open up with, um, you know, the fact that I'm talking to Tim Kavanaugh, Okay, and, and Tim, you have had some very extensive history, you know, in the field trial game. And, and you, you know, gave me a whole lot of suggestions when we first started talking and all of that. So just let's, let's bring it all home, man. Like who is Tim Kavanaugh, and, and how did you get into the uh field trial world? Well, um, my, my, my
1: grandfather, and my, my dad, they were, they were big grouse hunters mm-hmm. and we, Uh, all their friends, they, they did a lot of grouse hunting around here and I was quite young then, you know, I, I was old enough to clean birds, but I wasn't old enough to hunt yet. And, uh, I, I always, uh, always liked, loved it when they would come in and they, they shot a lot of birds and, and it was always fun to hear their stories and stuff. And my dad and I, we, we hunted, but he was getting older and, um, he never had really had any good bird dogs. It's usually dogs that somebody gave him. Right. And it was, and it was a reason for it. <laughs> right. You know? So, uh, I, I, I bird hunted on my own, you know, all that group, they aged out and I, it was kind of just me and my brother. We did some bird hunting around here, but, um, I always loved it, but the bow hunting, uh, bug hit me and I was a fanatical bow hunter for, Probably seventeen years. Right. Then I was reading a story, and it, it was about bird hunting and that was bird dogs, and it just hit me. And I got thinking about bird dogs and like wanting to get one. You know, my wife was okay with it, so I uh, started searching out, and uh, I found a a breeder uh, right here in Connecticut that uh, bred English pointers, and mm-hmm. it's Dan Grabowski of Kissimmee Kennels. And he was only an hour away from me. So I called him up and he happened to have, a a couple of six month old dogs and that he was willing to part with one. So I went over there and, uh, he was explaining to me how he has, uh, Amer- he, he would breed an American line of dogs to, uh uh imports from Italy. Yep. yep. And he explained to me how that they were a closer working dog. They they seem to have a lot of bird sense and great noses. So he brings out this uh six month old pointer, he puts a pigeon out there, and dog comes around about twenty five yards and spins around locks up. And I said, Well, I guess that's the one I want. <laughs> <laughs> so that started it. And um I, uh, I messed around with him. I, I I trained him and broke him with the aid of Dan, giving me a lot of advice. He was a big help to me for a long time. Taught me how to use launchers, and you know, he, he guided me through it, so I didn't mess the dog up. Right. And uh, I I was training with a uh, with a friend. He had a Vichello. That was a pretty nice dog. And he did hunt tests. And so he says, "You, ought to, you know, you ought to go to hunt test." So uh, I, had, I had a litter of puppies out of, out of this dog. I, uh, I had bought purchased another pointer from Dan and I bred him and I had a litter of puppies and I bought a couple puppies to the hunt test and I was kind of rub wrong at that hunt test. It gave me a sour yeah. taste in my mouth. Um, just a comment that, uh, one of the individuals had made there to me.
0: Mm, um, okay. Is that something we can, we can disclose?
1: No, no, we can go on it. <laughs> please I, do. I I run these puppies, and these puppies I would say were probably eight months old at the time. I run them in the um, junior hunter class. Okay. And I put a lot of time in them, and they ran out. They ran really good. They, you know, they ran out there. I was bracelet. I think I was braced with a Vichla on one of them, and I don't remember the other one. Mm-hmm. And I mean, these dogs. They just lit it up. They ran out there, they pointed a bird, and they stood there while I walked it. Walked up to them, flushed the birds, and you know they chased as a, you know as you would expect. And uh, I, the second dog I ran did basically the same thing. And uh, at the end of the day, uh, I got the scores, and they did really well. Um, and the judges after after the whole hunt test was over. They came up to me, and, and it was in front of a lot of people. They said, Mr. Kavanaugh, we were so impressed with these two young puppies of yours. Would you please run them again for us? I said, whoa, huh? you Sure. Well, I was getting them ready, and this pro uh, trainer comes up to me, and he goes, anybody can hunt with a field dog, but it takes a gentleman to hunt with a show dog. What? Yeah, and it, it just hit me wrong. It soured me
0: from Hunt Test. Yeah. What kind of foolishness does this man got going on? I'm telling you, I haven't been to a Hunt Test since. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, so, I, you know, I didn't... I just... The Hunt Test thing didn't really catch my fancy when i ran it one time none mm-hmm. you know and, and and not everybody is like that i want to you know say that to the listeners it's not always like it but there are some things whether you know we have to be careful about stuff like that you know and you know in the hunt test world man like you can't just go up and say stuff <laughs>
1: yeah like, yeah yeah. and i knew this guy and he was he didn't live far from me yeah you know i, I i've you know I've had acquaintances with him before but that that really just soured me on that and so and, know, I had and the American what kind Excuse of
0: what me? I said what point was he trying to make
1: well a lot of the dogs there were dual purpose dogs they showed them mm-hmm. and, and you know they ran them in the field and he, this guy he he did both he, he showed his dogs and he you know he did the hunt test he I don't believe he did any ak field akc field trials
0: but right you know he was he was kind of big in the hunt test game right okay that's that's so interesting and it's such a different venue you know It's, it's, it's a starkly different venue and i think that with the hunt test thing and again it's nothing necessarily wrong with it but i like the competition i don't you know, I'm more interested in in running against another dog. You know,
1: yeah. Well, um, in a hunt test, you do obviously. You, you know, you are braced with another dog, but but you're working you know, against all,
0: a standard, though. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's a point system, I guess.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Let, now let's talk in in the in light of competition and things and i really want you were telling me that you had listened to the tricolor episode um i did and we got into a conversation about um just the european dogs and you had a half european italian import i
1: i, I did yes
0: what what were the differences that you noticed um going into field trials and things like that and did you trial that dog
1: um i actually i did run him in a couple gun dog uh trials, mm-hmm. uh, he, I placed him one time, but he would point his birds so far off. I mean, it, it wasn't unusual for him to point a single quail at 30 yards. And, you know, you try to put that bird in the air; It was pretty <laughs> tough. You then, I'd end up relocating him <laughs> two, three times. Right. And so I only ran him a couple of times and he, he, he was a good, uh, a good, Good grouse dog, but he wasn't a field trial dog. He, you know, at best he pointed with a a, a 10 o'clock tail, poker straight, but 10 o'clock tail. Mm -hmm. And he didn't have that, you know, he ran nice, but he didn't have that snap, crackle, and pop like a field trial dog, you know? Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, do you think that's, that is, I guess, where the line over the pond separates, you know, American dogs from European dogs, It's just the amount of go that they got.
1: Well, well, I mean, listening to your podcast at some, uh, you know, at running at fifth was it fifteen hundred meters?
0: Fifteen hundred meters, yep.
1: That's got to be some go to me, mm-hmm.
0: but
1: just the way that the dogs moved, it's they 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 didn't seem to have the the stride that. That the dogs have over here, right? They just had a different gait to them, and it, it was slower. It was it was slower, but you know, it's. I guess that's the way we breed them. We, you know, we breed them to run, and and we we look for that that nice, classy gait and long strides to cover the ground like we need them to.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's hey, you know, I'm and. I'm definitely gonna take Omar up on that offer first and foremost. Um, whenever, whenever the next kennel opening I have, you know, comes available, I would. <laughs> and I and I, I, would. I, I, I very likely ain't gonna trial that dog, but as a as a guide dog and as a hunt dog, oh
2: yeah,
0: whoo, <laughs> I'm definitely interested. And I and not that I wouldn't trial it just because just the American standard is just so much different, you know that. <laughs> that dog is not going to have that that upright 12 o'clock tail so why even right. sign up for it yeah you know um but i guess that leads me into my next thought um and i'm 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 kind of bringing up some additional things that we were talking about but in the trial world you know we get guys that may be a little bit intimidated on getting into the trial world and i and i always talk to guys like you. I was talking to my buddy, Terry Chastain, um, not long ago. And, um, you know, he trials and and he's, he's, he works at, um, I think Melrose plantation down here. And Mm -hmm. there's a difference between having a good dog and having a good trial dog. And I think that conversation is maybe a little tough for, for folks coming in to hear you know sure. like i've spent a lot of time with my own dog vegas in in assuring myself and of whether or not it's worth my time to even think about him as a trial dog not even and this is before we even put him in a trial does he have what it takes to even pay the fee you, right. you see what i'm saying sure what sure. what do you think makes a dog even worth considering to be a trial dog and is that a conversation that you know we we do need to be having with folks out out here nowadays that might be interested in getting a bird dog
1: well i, I think you know if, if if you go to some trials and and you see the the dogs perform that the dogs that are winning and you gotta you gotta evaluate your dog and and be be honest with your with, with yourself uh you know, most of these dogs, as far as amateurs, they're they're pets. First of all, they're pets, and
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, once once they get the dog, they're not look. They're not gonna. They're not gonna give the dog up or wash the dog out.
0: Right, and I think that's so, that's where it gets hard.
1: Yeah, I think doing the research and trying to find the best bred dogs out of top field trial contenders is where you should. Stay. Definitely got to start. Mm-hmm. And so you, so you at least have the blood, you know, you at least got the blood there to, to start with. And a lot of it has just has to do with developing. Mm-hmm. You know, I see a lot of young dogs that get washed out because people just don't give them the opportunity or the exposure. Or just the time to develop,
0: mm-hmm. and that's on a professional level. I mean, you see a lot
1: of. Pros. I on every yeah. level. I think.
0: Yeah. You see, well, yeah, true, true, true. I mean, I, I hear about guys that wash dogs out never with less than a year old.
1: Yeah.
0: How do you yeah. do? I wouldn't even think about that, and and you let me know what you think about this, but I wouldn't think about that until that dog is at least two and a half. Yeah,
1: I I tend to keep my dogs, you know, quite a while before I, I make that decision, whether to pull the trigger, not, well, not, you know <laughs> not I mean.
2: figure, not uh, literally. I don't speaking. Mean like that, but, you know, <laughs> figuratively speaking. The dog
0: or not. <laughs> oh, geez. What did I say here? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, and, and, and I, that, that is a conversation between Darrell and, and, and Tim Kavanaugh, ladies and gentlemen, but, um, no, not to literally pull the trigger, but figuratively yeah, you know speaking. I mean. to,
1: yeah, t- 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 to let the dog go <laughs> as a hunting dog, how's that?
0: Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we got to be careful about what we say on here. Because that's right. Lord got to be politically correct. <laughs> but um, I mean that because so many speak. I mean, people spend uh, th- you know hundreds of thousands, or not hundreds of thousands, but hundreds and thousands of do- uh, dollars on these dogs, and sure, I, I just what i want to do with this podcast in the in the transition to talking about field trialing um is really get into the specifics of okay what is going to be the best the you know the the best way to use your time and there are a lot of great trial dogs like you can train a tri- a dog to the trial level and he never get field trialed but then he right. be an amazing hunting dog you know Um, but I, I I know when you want to get to this level of, of, of creating what a a class shooting dog or a class all age dog, that's a different conversation, man. And you know, for me, I was just always nervous of, okay, what in Vegas is my first pointer. And so I'm like, dang, like I want to try this dog, but okay. Where are we going with him? You know, what what mm-hmm. what are we spending our time on? Because <laughs> if, if he's not gonna make the cut, then we just need to go ahead and 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 do a little self-reflection. <laughs>
1: yeah. I myself would you know, I like to at least get them into or if not through their derby season. hmm To see. Uh yeah, I've had dogs where and probably my I would have to say my most successful dog, uh, Katie. I was told to wash her out; that she she'd never she she wouldn't make she wouldn't make
0: it. Now, why did why, I, why were you told to wash her out?
1: She just didn't didn't seem to have it. She, you know, it.
0: She she
1: she, she ran, but not not real big. She just seemed co- kind of common, mm-hmm. and. I, I kind of stuck with her. You know, I, I said, okay, I'm going to break her. If, you know, I'll sell her as a gun dog if I have to. It seemed like once I broke her, I mean, she was always great on her birds, but once I broke her, right. it's like the light bulb came on, the, the, the run came, everything just developed with her. Mm-hmm. And she turned out to be, you know, probably the best dog I'll ever own.
0: Wow. And it just that's what it is. So that's Hog Hill Katie. Um it is. And what do you think makes a dog? I guess it's it's once they see what you're trying to do. Cause I think these dogs are smart and they understand, all right, I'm I'm not I'm doing something a little bit different than just going out hunting. So you think it was just the the amount of and not not intensity, but the level of training that you had to get to for her to get it? Because early on, I mean, it, it just it's hunting for her.
1: Yeah, I, Darrell, I don't, I honestly can't tell you what it was. I kept working her the way I always did. When she was a puppy, I couldn't, I couldn't buy a, a ribbon in a puppy state with
0: her. Wow.
1: And then, and then once she, once she became Derby age, everything clicked, and she just she, she was on fire. Mm-hmm. And she did. She, I, I've had a lot of fun with that dog. Yeah. Just,
0: uh you know that's that's cool. That's cool. So let's let's go into one more thing. When when you talk about a dog like that, because you say you couldn't you you couldn't buy a ribbon with her as a puppy, but right. or in in a puppy state. So what are some of the early identifiers? Looking back or looking at at, at the dogs you have now, um mm-hmm. and the experience that you've gained, you know, since what are some of the early identifiers for you when you look at a young dog and say, okay, we, we might want to put this dog in a trial.
1: I like a dog. That's, that's, that's bold. Mm-hmm. That's and seems to be very independent. That has a lot of point. I, I love a dog that has a lot of point. That just falls asleep on their birds and just, they just want to point birds. they and I figure if you got those things, it's give, it's a starting point. It gives you something to work with. Right. Wow. And you can usually see that pretty early on, you know? hmm You know, definitely, you know, the boldness, it should be there at a fairly early age. Right. You know, once they start pointing, you know, you, you can generally tell that fairly early too. The dogs just seem to go out there and find birds and just stand there. And just, and, and just hang out. Just, yeah. They just, yeah, they're not all like that, but they're out there.
0: Yeah. Um, and see, that's that's interesting. So when I bought Vegas from uh, Pine Hill Kennels, you know, mm-hmm. Gary Surratt, he was like, look, I don't sell dogs that don't point, period. I mean, and he and it was so funny. We he we went into the kennel. I had seen Vegas and I'm thinking I was gonna take him out, you know, and and, and run him and and kind of get a, a beat on what he was doing. Nope. <laughs> we went by <laughs> we went by and grabbed three other dogs, three, four other dogs out of a whole nother kennel wow. just for him to prove. He was like, Nope, grab any three that you that you see first ones that you put your hands on. And all of those dogs, they were like two weeks older than Vegas was. Um, you know, all of them, he was just like let's just put a feather out. Let's put a, you know, a quail out. He tied a quail to a little fishing pole mm-hmm. and put it in some brush. The dog couldn't see him. And we just kept putting dogs on the ground and they kept locking up like these little itty bitty babies, you know? Yeah. Um. And he was like, this is what I mean. I, I just don't put them out and they would run and they would do everything. It was like, they were puppies until they were put on the ground. And then they just seemed to get tunnel vision, you know, and, and just, they yeah. were more interested in hunting. You know, um, and that was one thing that I was interested in in, and him as a breeder, um, you know, is is getting a puppy that at least has the early signs Um, that I I think that's a good way to at least start, you know, with with young dogs like that. And and. Really just walking them around and letting them point everything. If, if if a dog will go out and point pine cones and butterflies and <laughs> anything that might so much as roll around in the wind, I'm like, OK, well, it, at least he at least he wants to point. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, um, what, go ahead. What made you
1: decide on Vegas?
0: So I actually i didn't pick vegas i did not pick vegas um he picked them for me i told him what i was trying to do um and the line i like the line that he came from so he's he's heavily l u bred very heavily line bred um snakefoot guardrail in his line um kiwi who's a good producer um Who else is in his line? Uh, Magoo, you know, he had all of these dogs that I had not only read about, but Gary felt good about them also. But, you know, Gary's line comes from L. Hugh Damascus. Like that's that's where a lot of that blood comes from. And I told him what it was. I told him I wasn't uh, I wasn't hell bent on a color. But if I had to pick my color, I like the orange and lemon dogs. I just like that look. Mm-hmm. Um, which I I mean, it holds some merit to me. It doesn't make a, be- a dog better or worse. Um, but if he could, great. And he had put this itty bitty dog aside for me. Vegas was the smallest dog in his litter. Um, and he was like, what do you think about that dog? I was like, okay. <laughs> that, I mean, because I, mean, I, I didn't really know. With a puppy, I mean, as long as he points, that's about all I, I was going off of you know, I didn't want to make too much of a big deal out of it, but he had had Vegas pulled to the side for me before I had even pulled up in his driveway. Um, and he, he showed me the pedigree and I was like, well, I, I think we can work with it. Um, he let Vegas run around after we had pulled three, you know, three, four of his other dogs out. And I was just kind of like, I like him, you know, I liked his attitude. Um, he, he kind of, we we, we we had this thing, we joke about him called a Vegas Eye and he kind of <laughs> side eyes you a little bit, like, What you doing? And uh that was it. I just I he's a cool dog. <laughs> that yep. that was really it. Um I was at that point I was like, Well, I, I hope he does well. Um <laughs> and then when I what really sold me on him was when I took him down to Tuskegee and worked him with um my buddy George Gordon. Um, because initially I thought I was gonna do um Nastra trials, shoot the retreat. Okay. Um, and he'd have been a great, he, he, Vegas would be a good Nastra dog. Um, but George is big into the Nastra trials. So, and he lets me use his land to train. And we had had some quail kind of put out, some were just kind of running around, and, and I was using his training grounds, and Vegas took off like a, Little, little pocket rocket man, and, and he was he was hunting on his own, independent, head high, um, and he would I mean he would point like very staunchly. Um, he he had a little at the time he had a little kink in his tail, um, yeah. and that didn't really bother me. He didn't have enough yeah, muscle. Doesn't mean anything. Yeah, and. Um, George was like, I think you got something to work with here. I was like, All right, well, let's do it. <laughs> so I mean it, it was a combination of things, but I didn't like I didn't reach into the pen and pull Vegas out.
1: You know you know, everybody go wants pick of the litter and and in a group of puppies. Mm-hmm. Three of my most successful dogs, uh Hog Hill Katie, little Miss Bella and pure confidence they were all the last ones in their litter really they were yep yeah yeah so picking a litter doesn't always mean that you're going to have a superstar that's for sure
0: right i mean it, it, to me the pick the the word pick of the litter i that's almost like me when i when i see a lot of ads and and people are like oh he's AKC registered What what does that mean? You know, (laughs) like okay. I mean, he's AKC registered. Like what? Yeah, I mean, okay. So you paid for the dog's registration. Like what? (laughs) Okay, cool. I guess. But with pick of the litter, uh, I guess my fear with that is we get so heavily reliant on that phrase, and then what what happens if the pick of the litter washes out?
1: Yep. <laughs> yeah, and, and I and I've seen and I've seen it with with you know with other dogs too. Other people with that, the last one in the litter, and they just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. You know, just okay, we'll give it a chance, and all of a sudden the thing's just doing everything. Right
0: now, I will say what about is confirmation. I like that he was as small as he is and he's still a relatively small pointer, um, especially to be a male. I mean, he's not two yet, but he's going to be a small dog. I mean, he just is. I like that. Honestly, Tim, Um, he's light on his feet. You know, he's not putting a whole lot of weight there. He likes to get out. He runs nicely. Um, If I like, for this next female that I wanna get. If I think that'll be my next um my next baseline. I'll probably ask Cedric, uh-huh. like, look, what's the smallest female you got? Let's let's at least start and look at her there. Um, I'm
1: with you on that. I I like the smaller dogs myself. They mm-hmm. got less snap crackle and pop. They were pretty exciting to
0: watch mm-hmm. usually. Mm hmm. Um you know, they- who a historically Manitoba? Rep. I think that was another small dog in the field trial history. That mm-hmm. that snap crackle pop you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I think that was one of those dogs, if I'm not mistaken. So um, I I think that's cool, man. So now, what? Katie was a small dog. Actually, she she turned
1: out to be the largest dog I have. <laughs> yeah, she's a, she's a big she's a good sized female. She's when she's in shape she's about just under 50 pounds. She's about 48 pounds in, in perfect shape.
0: Okay, cool. 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 You know, cool. I,
1: and I, and that's, that's a little bigger than I like
0: them. I like those little ones. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm going to, I think I'm going to go with that, man. Now let's, let's talk about, cause we, I want to get into the, the actual um, reason for the conversation, the, the whole judging thing, but, Talk about pure confidence, man. Now you really got my, my piqued my interest with that. Cause I'm a true confidence fan. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. My favorite dogs to read about right now are valiant and true confidence. And so you have an offspring from true confidence. I
1: do. I co own him with a, uh, a friend of mine, Peter LaBella. Yes. And uh, Gary Melzone runs him.
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and, uh, uh, mostly in, uh, the MBHA circuit. Mm-hmm. But he, he was a, he was the last one in his litter. You now I, I was at work and Pete Labella calls me up and says, Tim, um, I want to get a, a, another pointer. Do you want to co-own it with me? And he told me which one. And I had seen the litter at Rich Giuliano's house. He bred the, the litter and I seen them and there was only a few left. And this was, oh, weeks after I saw the litter and, uh, I said, sure, so, uh, why not? So, you know, I call him the dog with him, and uh, I had the dog for uh, a year and a half, and it, it, that dog, he was had such composure on his bird. The first bird he ever pointed for me, and it was probably a couple of days after uh, we got him, I put pigeon out for him, and... I put, actually put it in a launcher. He came around, set, sent pointed it, stood there, and he let me go in and flush the bird for him. Hmm. Very first bird that 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 he had, he had seen. And he just stood there. I, prior to going and flushing, I just stood there. so okay, I'm going to wait for him to, to creep in and I'm going to pop the bird, and he never did. And I'm standing there. And I'm standing there and watching. And so he was just consistently like that and he broke he broke super easy he was he was broke by nine months old and with with no pressure at all wow yeah he was (laughs) he was a fun dog to play with
0: wow okay that's cool that's cool well I, i i mean you'll get those just i call them outliers that just mm-hmm. they get it from a very early, early age. Um, yeah. but then coming, I mean, let's, let's be honest too. coming from that, that true confidence blood too. Um, yeah, it's, that's something. Um, back
1: to that good blood. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it really does. I want one of those dogs, man. If like, if I ever get a chance to mm-hmm. own one, I man, I would love to have a dog from that line. Um, You know, and, and my other favorite right now is, like I said, is Valiant. Um, that's just a nice looking dog. And I mean, he is from, I would like to see him in action, you know, reading about him in the field is one thing, but seeing him, like if I get a chance to see that dog, that that's something I want to kind of look into, see if he ever comes down here to the South. And that's what
1: you, you know, you, you hope to do if you, you know, I, I've never seen, uh, uh, true confidence run. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I would certainly love to, to just, uh, you know, I hear so much about him. He's quite a dog. Right. You know, Luke, Luke, Luke got the dog and, and he was winning before Luke got the dog, but he's just on fire now.
0: Right. Right. Um, and then you have, what do you got? Eight, eight dogs in your kennel now?
1: Yeah, but uh, I've got, I got eight dogs in the kennel. Uh, some of them are, are, I'm just going to be selling as gun dogs.
0: I've
1: got, I got three dogs shooting dogs that I campaign. I've got a derby that I'll, I'll run this spring and a puppy that I'm, I'm, I'm working and I'll run her as a derby. And, you know, the verdict's, you know, not out on her yet. I'm not sure. Right. Right. What's going to happen with her.
0: Okay. All right. Well, I, look, I'm, uh, of course, I'm going to be keeping track of you. Um, and, and my buddy, I can't, Eric Mundin from Line Country Supply. He said right. he had met you a few times and I wanted to, you know, uh, he had spoken and he spoke really, really highly of you. So I wanted to mention uh, yeah, Eric. Here. Eric, uh, actually the
1: first time I met him was uh, in November at the uh, U.S. Complete uh, amateur invitational. We they have held it in, up in Connecticut at the uh Flaherty field trial area, and I met Eric there. And uh, yeah, he's Eric's a very nice guy, yeah, you
0: know,
1: he's a gentleman, and he, you know, he's
0: got nice dogs, yeah. <laughs> Was it Lola? Yeah, he yeah. got that nice yeah. one, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I uh, I, I've seen him pop up a few times, and, and we've talked, spoke a lot. All right, so we were talking about a couple of different things that um, I guess might have been, I, I guess we, we we really didn't go heavily into details, um, but I wanted to, you know, continue elaborating on some of the dogs that you like. Um, you know, we, we were talking about Hog Hill Katie, but you, you've got some more little surprise factors. Going on, um, you know, as far as what's in your kennel right now,
1: right? Well, like we mentioned, I've got the hog Hill Katie, and she's she came out of uh, Indian Creek kennel. You know what? See her—that's because her sire, her Uh sire, he's just he's a dog from up here, the southbound stretch, and he's he actually goes back to Carl Bishop's breeding, who owns Way Better Rocky.
0: Okay, who I just saw this past week. Okay, yep.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Carl didn't breed the dog, but it 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 go uh, like her grandparents are uh, Island Grove Brute, and Way Better Spec. Okay. And those those I and I know Way Better Spec was out of Carl Bishop's breeding.
0: Okay. Okay. So, but um. Yeah, it's now. What What about that particular dog? Like, what about the traits do you like about that dog?
1: About Katie? Yes, I like that. Once she was broke, she, she been she's she stayed she stayed broke. Like the the Blackhawk dogs, they seem to really break easy, and once they're broke, they they retain it. And you know, some dogs. You end up, yeah, keeping. Have to keep them broke all the time.
2: Yep, yep, yep. Where,
1: where, other lines they just break and that's it. You know, mm-hmm. that's like the cha- The the sh- uh, little female I got out chased her little bud. She's the same way. Right. Just broke, and that's it. <laughs> they so break I, early too. I think you
0: know? if I'm if I'm not mistaken, um, and and I hope Tom don't get on me for for quoting this, but. Um Tom Hennis. So uh, I recording? Went- oh, okay. I But Tom Hennis's <laughs> um dog, he brought out some dogs um last time I was out doing some horseback training at Daniel Howell's place. And um he had a Blackhawk dog, and I really <laughs> liked him. Um, he was very, very stylish. Um, he seemed just to flow, you know? Like, he just seemed real easy on the ground. Um, they stood up tall. Um, it was something about that dog that I'd never seen him before. Um, so, you know, I think that's something to kind of look into for folks that might be interested in, in really nice dogs. I mean, I know we hear so much about you know, various pedigrees, but the Blackhawk dogs seem to be real nice.
1: Yeah, they are really classy. They they usually carry a nice tail. I, I really like them. Yeah. Um, along with, like I mentioned before, the, these dogs that are coming out of Chase Hill Little Bud, these things, they're really tearing it up. As far as in, in the uh, walking field trials mm-hmm. and in the grouse woods,
0: I mean, they're true, true bird dogs. Right, right. Now, let me let me ask you this because I I know way better. Rocky is is has, has been a dog that's been run up there, correct? Oh yes, yep. he has been run heavily up there now. And I, and I got a chance to see him, um, him and his litter mate at the uh, National Open Shooting Dog Championship. What is it? You know, I I think there's always the conversation of whether dogs can transition from the grouse woods to, you know, the 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 pine country, plantation country down here, you know, is is that something that you think is just characteristic of just point, just trial dogs, they should be able to do it. Or do you think that's something that comes with a bloodline? You get what I'm saying? Um,
1: I think some of it has to do with the bloodline, but a lot of it has to do to, with exposure, I believe. Mm-hmm. if if they're exposed to uh the grouse woods and exposed to the piney woods you know these dogs are smart enough now where they adapt the good ones do anyways right yeah right. I know okay cha chase Old little bud for instance he he has he had 38 championship titles off mm-hmm. he had Many of them in the grouse woods, many of them walking, shooting dog stakes, all age horseback stakes, in every venue he's had placed in championships. And that's saying a lot for, a, right. for a dog, you know, it's right. not many dogs have that
0: opportunity. Right. And see that, that's something that, um, you know, our, our, our good buddy, Robert Whaley. And I, I know I keep bringing him up every so often, yeah. but he did stress that, you know, he competed up there in the Groswoods and then came on down here as well. Um, you know, so that's just always been a, a, a conversation for contention, you know, some dogs now I do think that some dogs may be more proficient, you know, in maybe the areas that they're raised, you know? Oh, Definitely. Yep. Um, and and that's just because it, I mean, just based on the odds of them, um, you know, like I like if if I turn Vegas into a, a quail dog and in a, a grouse dog, he very likely just be more naturally inclined to doing better on a quail, just because he's down here all the time.
1: And he certainly has been exposed to a lot more quail than
0: exactly, exactly. than
1: anything else.
0: Yep. 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 Um, so that, I mean, and and I'm going to run him on grouse as well. I'm, I'm curious to see actually how he does it when he gets the hang of it. Um, but you know, with, with the chase hill dogs, like what are some of the, um, I guess with your, your pup now, you know, what, what else is it that you kind of thought were some highlights from that dog? Well, from the, from the dog that
1: I I have. She's she's five years old right now, mm-hmm. and she she broke real early. Uh, I would say by by ten months old she was broke, and she's been broke ever since. She 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 doesn't retrieve, and she has absolutely no desire to have a bird in her mouth. Right. She just wants
0: to point birds and she's happy doing that you know um is i'm I'm gonna, i'm gonna cut you off okay. right there a little bit if you don't mind you know it's so funny that the bird dog world i guess the emphasis has been so much on retrieving you know getting dogs to retrieve and i think that has a lot to do with the versatile world whereas that is i, I do you think the the ideology or the mindset is that a complete dog should be able to retrieve
1: well a complete dog if you if you look at if you're saying a complete dog as in hunting dog mm-hmm. I think they probably should yes but a lot of us that field trial our dogs are probably ninety percent of us that field trial our dogs our dogs aren't allowed to retrieve.
0: So it's, it's no point in even working on it for training. You
1: know, if we shoot a bird, we we'll, we go out, retrieve it ourselves and, and, you know, maybe feed it its head or, or drop it in front of them, let it have a few tugs on it, but that's mm-hmm. about it.
0: Right. Right. Um, now I am a big advocate of, of, of feeding the head. Um, and I don't do it all the time. Like I'll, I'll go and clip the beak. I, I, I carry a pair of scissors and I just clip the beak off. So, cause I, don't want it to scratch going down. I'm just, I don't know why yep. I'm weird about that. But, um, okay. But I don't know, man. Like, it fires, my, <laughs> and maybe that's just me, but I feel like it, like, <laughs> fires my dog up or something like that, you know? And I don't do it every time, though.
1: My Katie and my Bella dog, they won't
0: eat ahead. Really? Nope. Huh. Nope. Interesting. And so all they, they just point and, and they keep just on wanted- going.
1: Drinking
0: that scent—that's all they want to do. Yep, yep. I am a, uh, and, and we talked about this before, but I am definitely a proponent of, of of a dog just needing, you know, the the high of a scent or high of being on point. And that's that's all they need, and they can move on. Uh, yeah,
1: my Kiss Me dog that I trial, mm-hmm. he's a uh, he's he's out of that Kiss Me kennel, and um, he, he'll.
0: He'll eat a bird if he gets a chance. <laughs> if I drop a bird, if I drop a bird in front of him, it's gone. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> well, yeah, I, uh, you know, I mine Vegas won't. He won't eat it. Um, he'll bring it back to me. It might be munched up real nice though. Uh,
1: <laughs>
0: he but, might. But he might have had a go at it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but then again, my buddy Dan from Kiss Me, Canada, he breeds a dog. That, that has a lot of retrieve in them. So that's
0: okay. where this dog gets it from. Right, right. So that, I mean, he would need a a trained retrieve if you really wanted him to... Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. To definitely. do it right, yeah. To, to not munch that stuff up. That's interesting, man. Um, yep. it, were, were there any any other dogs that really stood out to you, whether they're yours or, or on your circuit? Uh, tell you the truth,
1: up, up around... Our part, we we see, of course, a lot of Chase Hill Little Bud. Uh, we see a lot of uh, War Paint dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron's War Creek. We see um, those dogs have been bred, I, I'm, and I'm talking point in the pointers. Right. Um, those dogs have been used quite a bit um, up in this area.
0: Okay. Now the Aaron's dogs, I I I don't know enough about them, um, but I want to because they they they're, they're always in the running if they're not winning something. Oh yeah,
1: they're pretty high powered
0: dogs. Right now, where are they coming from? Um,
1: Ohio, Sean Darris
0: kennel. Okay, okay. Um, I just I I I I see them and I always want to, you know look them up but I, I never get around to doing it um but they're definitely always they're, they're very strong dogs you can tell um and, and they're always winning something and then of course oh, sean derrick is is just a phenomenal you know handler so yeah
1: and he's got a fantastic breeding program right
0: right right um the midwestern dogs man what about what about out west you got any dogs that, that kind of stand out there western dogs
1: uh geez, i i don't follow the the western dogs that close but there was a couple dogs out there kelly's talking smack mm-hmm. and uh another dog that's out there is um saddle up non-believers okay those dogs you, you that you you would see in the field quite a bit um those dogs i f- believe have passed on but
0: and, but they were, they were definitely some standout but, those, those
1: Those were some dogs that come out there that I, I can remember being, you know, fairly consistent winners.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Well, I think we, uh, I think I'm going to, you know, I got my homework to do and, and, and to go back, um, you know, to go back through and, and, and kind of look through some of those dogs, look through maybe old issues of American Field and all of that. So I just... I like do you know me. <laughs> I like going back through and, and researching. You like
2: your history. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly, exactly. So okay. Well, in light of doing some uh history I guess I do consider my Onyx waypoints um, just kind of like a history of my season, and I think we got a lot of good spots saved. Um, so you can, you guys, can go back through and check your waypoints, the saved ones, the shared ones, and add some new ones. Onyx Maps is a good way to scout for new locations and save them. The season isn't quite over just yet, guys. Check out Onyx Maps today. So um, now. W- you know getting into um some of the thoughts on judging, first of all, you you spoke very very highly of Gary Malzone and uh John Stogaitis. So you know, and, and if I could say this, you you probably look up you know, or look up to them as much as I've heard. I you know, I don't want to make an oh, assumption, but
1: definitely if, if I have to say, I've had have uh uh the mentors that really have helped me a lot would be John Slagaitis and Gary Mozone. De- okay. Definitely. I, I've had the opportunity, to, I purchased dogs off both of them and they've been, they've, they've all been nice dogs, but they've really helped me, you know, with my training, my handling, just every, they've been, they've been great. And they've, you know, they've been very gracious to invite me over there and let me train with them. And, you know, it's, I, I've been very fortunate. I have to
0: say, right, right. Okay. Well, I am. So what are some of the, 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 some, some notable things that you've, I guess, taken from both of them that, that could, that really helps you with your um your training and, and trialing?
1: Well, um, Gary, he, he he helped me out what to look for in dogs. He, Gary, well, they both do, but Gary breeds a lot of, a lot of pointers. And, um, I got some, some of my early dogs I was, I was getting from Gary. So he initially helped me quite a bit Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and, and what to look for in a dog. And, and, uh, I learned how to, to, to break dogs by watching Gary, Gary's, I like the method he uses. Mm-hmm. It, it, it kind it's very similar to the Mo Lindley way. Yeah. With a lo- lot of launcher work and, you know, uh, not a lot of pressure. And Gary always taught me, you want to break these dogs and not leave any fingerprints on them.
0: Mm, interesting. Okay.
1: And, and, you know, he, he taught me how to put, how to polish up a dog and really get them standing up nicely. And I, I paid attention and, you know, he's helped me a lot. Gary has it. And John, uh, a lot in the same way. John's really helped me ha- with my ha- handling of the dog. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he's quick to let me know if I'm making a mistake and giving me suggestions. And, you know, I, learn how he works his dogs and, and then both of those trainers are extremely hard workers. I mean, these guys are up at first light and they don't stop till after dark. These guys, that's why, that's why they're on the top of their game. You know, right. It's, it's all about work.
0: Right. Well, and that's, that's a trait that I've heard, um, about them. Um, Ferrell Miller, the the the, yeah. the guys that win are the guys that work.
1: Yeah,
0: you know that's um, the truth. You get in, you, you get
1: out of it what you put into it.
0: Right, right. Um, and that and that's something that I actually um you know want to model is not overworking a dog, but when when I mean work, I mean you're constantly assessing. You're constant. It's it's the thing that you sure. honestly do off the dog. You know, um, in addition to the work that you put in with the dog while you're out there. um, And that's the best part about field trialing, man. It's it's a it's a year round thing.
1: It it is. And that's that's really what, you know. That's probably why I got into it, because, you know, I started off just hunting my dog. But then, you know, I wanted to do something more. And so I that's how I started field trialing. Just, just it, it kept me, kept me going all year long.
0: Right. Well, that's that's what I'm looking at now. I mean, I it's so crazy. I I I just hadn't been that interested in shooting up, you know, a whole lot of birds after December. I just wanted (laughs) to kind of get my dog, you know, ready for his first derby trial. And to me, that just takes a lot more than just going off and killing birds, you know. Um, Oh yeah. You know, getting him broken, keeping him there. now, also, when we when we talk about, um, you know, trialing and things like that, and we, we mentioned AKC, you know, early on in this podcast. But like, I guess, what are some of the things that you noticed that were different between AKC field trials and, and the American field? Um, I, it's it's interesting. There, there are little minor things that I ask because. Um, historically, AKC was modeled after American Field, but it's different now.
1: Yeah. Um, well, in the AKC, you, you know, you t- you tend to see you see more uh, more variety of breeds. You know, you'll see the continental breeds, uh, pointers, setters, mm-hmm. shorthairs, Britneys, Gordon setters. You see them all in the same stakes and. And obviously, American field it's primarily pointers and setters. Right, and I, I don't want to stir the pot. I'm not trying to, but I my feeling is that the caliber of dog in the American field it is much higher than
2: mm-hmm.
1: I agree. The, the uh, AKC dog, and not, I mean, there's some tremendous AKC dogs out there. Right, I mean, I, I've I've not competed in AKC trials, but I have judged them, and there's some great dogs out there. Right. So that that could that could compete in the American field. Right.
0: I mean, it. I'm gonna I'm gonna align with you on that one. Um, and there are specific like short hair stakes and Brittany Club stakes in the oh, American yeah. field. Yep. But yep. uh, to your point, I mean, predominantly the. If you want to win in American field, as, as it seems right now, what would they say you're not gonna come to the Kentucky Derby with a, a Shetland pony.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> like you go yeah. get you a thoroughbred and, and preferably one bread from Bob Baffert, like <laughs> exactly. You know, um, I just. I, is it is it just the way that the dogs are built in American field like the the pointers and the setters um i, I it's it's very it's, go ahead
1: here we go again I, and again <laughs> I, i'm not bashing them but if you if, for instance you take a uh, an AKC pointer and you you just stand them beside an American field pointer they look totally different yeah
0: and that's confirmation wise
1: confirmation wise uh did they actually they actually in my view they carry more of the european characteristics than they do the uh american dogs i mm-hmm. mm-hmm. i'm just i'm just speaking of the pointer um, it they're uh, people aren't going to like me. But... <laughs> I think well, it, it is I know, what I it go is. With the, you know, the, the, the they are just not the caliber of dogs that we. The American field dogs—they're bred for the high performance. They're, you know, they're. Those are the dogs that you you want to get that you want to breed to. Right. Uh, it, the AKC. They get they get huge draws at their trials. Mm-hmm. I mean, they'll they'll have up in our area. They'll have they'll draw 130 dogs commonly.
2: Good lord!
1: And and you know we're lucky we're lucky in, on like some of our amateur trials. If we draw 60 dogs, that that's a good draw. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's because you got. You've got the uh, all the different breeds that that you have in the AKC, so you've got a lot more. You've got a lot more competitors in the AKC trials than you do in American Fields up in this area.
0: Right. It's not near as as concentrated. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, and I,
0: go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: I don't know. I don't know if you know. I don't some of them are intimidated by the American field that they, you know, because of the, the caliber of dog or if it's just the atmosphere or what it is that, that uh, draws more people to the AKC. Uh, you know, it's, it. I'm guessing it's probably uh, the, the fact that there's, there's so many different continental breeds that are, Involved in the AKC trials, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of the continental breeds. There's uh, retrieving required uh, in the AKC trial. Right. So if you're if you're in a, uh, a gun dog stake in the AKC trial and you're running a short hair or a Griffon or uh, let's see a wire hair son those those breeds. Are required to retrieve, whereas the pointers and the setters, they're not. Right.
0: And 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 I, and honestly, for and and I'm going to speak on a personal note, but yep. for what I'm looking for out of Vegas, it helps me not to have that dog to retrieve. You know, like that's such oh, yeah. a. It, it, oh, yeah. <laughs> Like, I can I got my lab and he will go and do all the retrieving that I need, all the flushing. And I even use my lab as an assistant when I need birds flushed, and and I'm trying to keep Vegas, you know, broke, um, you know, while we're kind of training to not have that dog have a bird in his mouth gets Mm -hmm. rid of so much of that temptation to go after it. Sure does. <laughs> <laughs> like man, yeah. you know, um, Vegas messed around and broke on me one time um and picked up a bird. And I, I don't even think he was intending on doing it. I think he just ran by it and was like, Oh, it's a dead mm-hmm. bird on the ground. Um yeah. and that freaked me out so much. And he it didn't bother him, you know. No, it didn't. <laughs> you know, it it, it 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 wasn't like we had kept doing retrieves and he retrieved it perfectly to hand. That's not even something that we do. Yeah. But the, the you know, I, the idea that I don't even have to worry about him becoming unhinged and that's, right. that's not a knock on anybody that does let their dogs retrieve her. And that's just, it makes it so much easier for me to not have that concern, you know? Right. Um, Cause I, I almost feel like it's, 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 not not torturing a dog obviously but it's, it's just taking that one element out so now after the season i gotta i gotta break them back again just for trialing and things like that it, it just makes life a lot easier for me not to have to worry about that yeah
1: i agree no i i don't let i don't let my trial dogs retrieve
0: yep yep at um, all <laughs> so and and that's it's so funny that the crazy you know the 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 questions that come, like, why don't you let your dog retrieve? And there's that school of thought of, you know, the retrieve is the reward for the dog and this and that. No, I think mm-hmm. the I think the reward is the dog going on point and getting that surge of, I guess, dopamine or whatever that dogs yeah. get from that.
1: Yeah, I think they get a high from drinking in that scent, and that I think that's that's all they really need. Right. I I don't kill a lot of birds for my dogs, and I you know I I've got one of my shooting dogs i I could shoot a bird for her drop it at her feet and she has no desire <laughs> to, to to lay her mouth on feathers at all and i I honestly don't think I can't remember her ever having a bird in her mouth
2: yeah
0: yeah it's you just know, not she
1: just it doesn't it's just not her
0: Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I mean that's that's that to me is a is a is a a good place to be man I mean all they want to do is get off okay I pointed a bird it's down all right let me move on. Yeah, Uh, You know, um, now we were talking about, I guess, people being intimidated by that. And there's all these weird nuances that go into it. So have you seen a a surge in certain demographics or populations in in American field? Or is this something that's just is on the down spiral and we should all be hopeless? Uh, No,
1: I don't think it should be hopeless, but I think right now, along with hunting, I think a lot of the field trial people are aging out. Yeah. And we need to, we need to uh get new new people, young people into this. Mm-hmm. Um I th- I think that's how our initial conversation started is with your mentoring program.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um and and I it's very important to get new people in. We we have uh uh, a gun dog stake up in our, in our amateur trials up here, mm-hmm. and that over the last probably five years has brought in several new people, and that's getting to be a very big stake for us. Okay, and n- now we're starting to see those some of those people that were very active in in the gun dog stake trickle over to the shooting dog stakes, and that's what we need, and that's how a lot of us start. Right is with the gun dog steak and you, they, you know, you build your confidence. You, you know, you, you start working your dog a little bit differently and, you know, they get a second dog and they start running in the derbies and puppy stakes. And then they, you know, they, they go on to the shooting dog stakes, And it, it's really, I think, I think that's really helped us up in the Northeast yeah. is, is, is that gun dog steak.
0: Right. And and I think in addition to the gun dog stakes, um, sometimes there's this misconception that you need horses for field trials. Oh yeah. You know, and the walking trials are a very good. Ex- I know when I was in it, I was I when I was kind of looking around, I was like, dang, like how am I gonna get into trials? I mean, I've got mm-hmm. good folks now that will just lend me their horse. Um, yeah. But if I couldn't do that, we got to do walking trials. Right. You know, and I, and, well, I, and that's just as competitive.
1: Oh, it's super competitive. The U.S. Complete was was fashioned so that a guy with a bird dog, a pickup truck, and a blank pistol can go out every weekend and field trial. Right. And, you know, they, they, they allow horseback scouting in, in uh, U.S. Complete and in NBHA. Uh, and, you know there's there's a few that that arrive with horses but for the most part you, you know if it's a championship i you know you'll you'll see a lot of horseback scouts mm-hmm. but most of our our weekend trials you know there's a couple of the people there with horses but it's it's primarily all walking right you know you might see the judges on a horses but 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 usually they're walking too
0: right and then you just got to do the extra leg work to, to get, you know, to make sure you find that dog on point, you know? And yep. and, yeah, to, yeah, and, and to me, the walking aspect of it, it, I mean, because a horse, you can get to a dog on point fairly quickly. Right. You know, with walking, if that dog is standing there staunch like that for as long as it takes to walk, that's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. It's
1: yeah. And, and the, in the US complete and MBHA our walking dogs, well, basically what, well, to be competitive, you need a horseback dog that you run on foot. Right. And these dogs get out there.
0: And, and they're going to you know, stay some, out there.
1: Some, some of the venues are a little tighter. You know, you got, you know, there's a little more cover, but they generally all have, have some, some open areas where you can really show your dog, you know, get out there. Right.
0: And, and- get out there and stay out there and 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 handle yep. well. So um now all right so now this is this is where I really wanted to go with this conversation cuz we um we've been talking about this for a minute now and just kind of trying to figure um some solutions but you know we had a conversation the other day um about holding field trial judges to a higher standard of accountability. Um you know, I I'm reading um, William F. Brown's uh, um, field trials, judges standards, all of that stuff. And you have been a judge and, and have quite mm-hmm. the experience. Um, but you kind of know you, you mentioned to me that you kind of noticed some quirks in, in things. Um, and it's just a critique on the process. And hopefully it, it's something that maybe some other folks that are judging could think about this. Um but let's talk about holding judges to accounta- accountable. And what sparked that thought for you?
1: Well, our judging, judging, we ha- obviously we have no no point system. There's no, you know, there's nothing like that. So it's all what it's all on the judge's opinion. What what they what they feel is a quality of performance. You know, we the. Uh, AFTCA um, has a a, a a book: the standards, field trial, Pro- to field files procedures, judicial practice, handling, and bird dog performance. This book gives you an outline of what what basically you're looking for, and and they go from puppy derby to shooting dog to all age and right. all these different uh, stakes, but it still goes boils down to one person's opinion right and that on that certain day so you know it's in a field trial you you're going to have in a in a half hour stage, you're going to have three happy people and in the rest of the field walking away <sighs> scratching their head wondering wh- why their dog wasn't in it right you know and you know there there, there could be dogs. There's dogs that have some tr- tremendous performances, and people wonder why their dog didn't get get in that that particular day. Right. And the way we we were talking um, last week, and I I had mentioned that you know it, it got me thinking that when I when I was younger, I was in 4H and FFA, and I was uh, I used to show dairy cows and all this, and. I was on the dairy cow judging team and we went all over, all over the country. Actually, our team did very well judging dairy cows. Mm -hmm. And, and dairy cow judging, you're, you're placing four cows. And after, after you place your cows, the judges have to give stand up in front of everybody and give reasons why they place these cows in this order? Right. And to me, it's, it's kind of they're holding you accountable for your placements. Mm-hmm. so I got to think of Chase. Why? Why can't in field trials the judges just take a few minutes while they're giving their placements to give reasons why they placed? These three dogs or two dogs be at a championship the way they did. The majority of people we we get tend to get pretty good galleries uh, watching these stakes, right? And it's everybody's got a common idea of who wins these or who you know who the top dogs that particular day are, right? And sometimes it's not even close to what, what we think. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And for what, for some reason or another, a judge or both judges saw it differently. And you just want to know what factored into their decision. Right. So if, if you got two judges and they placed two dogs that the majority of the people think, well, those dogs had didn't in their feeling didn't have the best performances. But yet they got in. Well, these judges need to go be, be up in front of everybody and tell them why they placed those dogs. And may it, would, it might it may help the rest of the field understand why their dog didn't get in. But if there was a little dishonesty in their placements, I feel it holds the judges accountable. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And every You know, it, it's again, there's probably people aren't going to like to hear it, but that's, you know, I think that's something that might, you know, I don't think it ever would be adopted, but I think it's something that might, might help a little bit. Right. Seeing that we have no standards, I mean, we have standards, we have no point system that's consistent.
0: Yeah. Does that make sense? No, that makes perfect sense. Okay. Um you know, that that makes perfect sense. So, I guess you got me thinking about that. And I've been kind of rolling over it the last few days. Um just talking about it. Is there a way cause, and, and think about this statement. Um the gallery honestly really knows who won that trial, right? So, let's <laughs> let's let's consider the gallery in addition to the judges. Is well, the there,
1: gallery sees they they tend to see more than what the judges see.
0: Right. So is there you know, is there a democratic way to incorporate some of the opinions of the gallery into the judgment?
1: Uh, I i i think that that would raise a lot of problems. You think so? I, I think so. Uh, you know, but you know, you you've got you know twenty sets of eyes on dogs versus two Mm -hmm. and it's you know it's judging is a touchy it's a touchy thing you know it's in a way I'd like to see some sort of a point system to make it very you know some very consistent right but I I don't see how that could possibly happen in a field trial
0: situation right and so and I guess that's the frustrating part about it, because, again, it, you've got all of these people that are looking at the dogs, you know. Right. Um, but then it really comes down to two, you know, two ladies or gentlemen that are going to make the final evaluation. But what happens right. if um, worst case scenario judge. Is looking one way at another dog and trips over something and misses, you know, certain details, you know, just weird little things that might take the judge's attention away.
1: And it happens, you know, a a judge judge could be looking one. uh, People watching. Both judges could be looking over at one dog taking an edge while one dog is over, over to one side, takes a bird out. Neither one sees it. Right. But right. yet you can't judge what you don't see.
0: Right. And then, okay. So even going on that, what happens if there is, and I read about this now, there's that all age dog that is way over the horizon and you can't get, cause we're talking about a dog pointing birds, quarter mile, half mile, mile off. Sure. You don't, you don't know if those birds ran you know and they flew off so when you get there the dog is still standing staunch on point you go to flush nothing happens well it's it's that same notion of okay if a tree fell and you didn't hear it did it really fall you know like you know with weird little things like that okay so how do we judge a dog that we never saw actually point birds and the point the uh, dog points a whole covey but half the covey runs off, and the other half of it flies off before anybody was there to see it.
1: Yeah, it's something. If there's if the if the birds are not produced either with the initial flush or relocation, it goes down as a non productive. Right. I mean, there very well could have been birds there, and and that and that happens. That happens even in walking states. The uh, you know. The, bird, the dog could go on point and the, the birds leave before we get there. Um, somebody in the gallery might might see that from the position that they're riding or walking. But yet the judges don't. Right. And and, and that that's happened. That's that's definitely happened. Mm-hmm. And, and if and if you honestly didn't see the bird. You, you can't you can't give credit for it.
0: Can't can't judge what you don't see. Exactly. Yeah. So, and then I'm gonna present another one. So we've got a lot of guys that are just older. I mean, you've got old guys judging. Okay. So like myself, uh, please. <laughs> <laughs> you are very cognizant. Okay, and very, and very much so. Well, within a, the, the the age range, to to accurately make a judgment, but like. What happens if we got guys that don't even know that their memory is fading? You see what I'm saying? <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> you know, well, you know It in the walking in the walking stakes, if we don't have a horse, you're not going to get that because sometimes it seems if you're able to walk, yeah. you're automatically a judge. Right? <laughs> if you can, if if you can walk twelve, thirteen braces. You're, you're qualified.
0: You're qualified, <laughs> right? Right. That you know, is true.
1: A, and that's the thing with aging. When we go back to aging out, like, and in these wild bird trials, you know, the judges are walking in most cases. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it. We don't. We don't have a lot of a lot of young people coming into it with the experience that that you can get the judge. Right. You there's know, there, you know, there's a few, but not as many as to, you know for the, for the need we, we have, it's, you know, so you see a lot of, you do tend to see a lot of same people judging.
0: Mm -hmm. No, you do. So now, okay. So in order to get younger folks into the judging aspect, what is the process for that? Is it it, like, I know with NAVDA, there's like an apprenticeship thing.
1: Yeah. AKC, there's an apprenticeship. Okay. Yup. Um, in the American field, there is no apprenticeship, you know, you, you kind of expected to have dog experience, uh, you know, it, maybe some shooting dog placements uh, under your belt and stuff, but eh, it's, you know, it, it's, it's tough and it, it's, it is it is getting really tough to find judges right? because, right. you know, we don't have the numbers and, and the young people that,
0: that have the experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I guess that's the thing. Like I, I'm really enjoying American feel and, and, and looking yeah. forward to um, participating in it, but you know, what happens in, in, you know, 20, 30 years when uh, folks age out or something like that. And now mind you, the best part about it is um, Chris Mathen and Tommy Rice are working on the youth field trial Alliance. So there yes. is, there is that coming in too. um, and I, and I hate having this, like the world is ending mindset about anything in in regards to bird dogs, because I'm of the mindset, as long as American field has been around, it ain't going nowhere. Yeah. Um,
1: no, it's not going to go anywhere, but it, we, we need to, we need to change. I think change our mindset to get more people into this. Mm-hmm. We need to be more, more creative.
0: Right right um i mean because there's not even there's not even a social media presence for american field you know like yeah yeah you know so there there are all of these little things you know that that are there but you know i mean those are the nuances man and i'm trying to figure out all kinds of reasons why judgments would go bad i mean you got age you've got um You know, and and then you've got favoritism. So what happens if, and and, and this is this, all of these things are theoretical. I want to note that that these are hypothetical questions, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and these are things that a good judge should know better against, but let's be real there. We're human, you know, stuff Mm -hmm. happens. And so, you know, what happens when you get favoritism as far as between one or two judges you've got the local talent that that judge knows he's been around, or you've got a judge that just is truly enamored with the dog and doesn't, doesn't care to see anything else, you know, for the rest of the place. Who, yeah.
1: yeah. You hear of uh, home cooking. Yeah. Yeah. That you heard of that comment and it, it's yeah. Sometimes you, you feel that's what you're walking into, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, you know, judges in, in certain areas tend to favor, the participants and that, and that, and, you know, I just feel, you know, I'm, I don't let that bother me. Yep. I just try to, if I'm going, I just try to get my dogs prepared and whatever happens happens. You know, I, right you know, I, I've, I've won stakes that I thought I shouldn't have, and i've lost stakes that i thought i should have won and really? it's going to happen i was told years ago when i first started that you better have thick skin if you're getting into this sport
0: oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah um and that's just what it is you know and that's but i mean that's sports man like you know the, the, it, there's it's so funny there there's this um the super bowl is today matter of fact and For years, 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 the Patriots were winning, right? I mean, they were just. And a lot of people were like, okay, what's going on here? Like, y'all are winning a whole lot. And I, I would hear the comments of favoritism you know, and, and Darrell, ref- be, be, be careful. You're talking to <laughs> an <Indian> England boy. here. <laughs> well, look, <laughs> you're right. I, I'm i in the, in the, in the icy waters. So. <laughs> and, and, but I mean, seriously, people were looking like, good Lord, is Tom Brady? Like, is he paying them? Like what in the world? Yeah, and, yep. and, and there's that. I, I just think it's fundamental, just good talent. But, um, yep. You know, you you get those questions, and and it's the same thing with dogs. And and mind you, I'm from Atlanta. We the Falcons. We can't win a game for losing. So,
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so um, but it it's just one of those things where I I think that is the hesitation with folks coming in. There is no. You know, regimented judging system, and like you said, I, no. I, I like how you said it at home cooking. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know,
1: sometimes I feel like, you know, you'll have some dogs in a steak that's been just on fire, doing a lot of winning, and I feel that some, in some cases, the judges feel like, wow, if 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 those dogs aren't on top at this trial, then it must mean we got it wrong, right? Right and I think somebody some sometimes you see a lot of uh, judging on past performances or you know or prejudging a dog
0: on past performances. hmm and and, and and just holding it. That, yeah.
1: And it, it's got to be as every day is a, a new day, and and you just you just judging dogs. You're not judging handlers. You're judging dogs, although. The, the greatest dog could, could have a poor performance due to handle or error on that, mm-hmm. on that certain day. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's so many different variables that can go into it. <laughs> M- going back
0: to football, maybe we need drones. Oh, that'd be interesting. No, no kidding All right, now you look—you you bringing this this fancy new age technology in there now? <laughs> well, and and look, I uh, I think that would be a very interesting thing. Like, if there was a again, this is I I, I put it this way. I used to work at Apple, so yeah. weird technology and stuff like that. That is kind of I'm like, who? Oh, okay, what well, what would What would you know, how would that happen? Um, And I'm gonna give you a funny story. So I was talking to um, I was interviewing um, um, Brad Sanders from uh, Dixie uh, decoys, and he was telling me Mm. about how folks out in Australia hunt. They can actually use drones um, Uh, for hunting ducks out there because they'll fly the drone over the ducks and it'll make them squat uh, on the water. <laughs> yeah, it'll make them squat down on the water, and, and and you know they have their whole process there. So, not that we would use drones in, in field trial technology, because then what would happen is somebody would be like, oh, well, the drone distracting my dog from doing this and that. But, yeah,
1: but I I watched the I bought these great Project Upland videos. I love them, mm-hmm. and you see some of the cr- incredible drone shots that that they, that they're capturing. Right, right. I mean. If that's not affecting them, dog. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it, it's, it's not. It's, it's real. It's it's amazing how that how well they can capture that.
0: Yeah, but again, and, and it's it's not. And we, and we it, all not, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not affecting them. And to be totally honest, I mean that that drone is so high up in the air that dog doesn't yeah. care. Um, right. But right. there there is going to be that one person that loses a trial and they're going they they're gonna blame it on everything oh, else yeah. Yeah. you know so it just just to get the reconsideration now um in light of that though so let's talk about your judging process like how do you go about that especially talk about how you do it with individual stakes if you if you're judging multiple stakes or series how you know how do you weed out dogs okay um first of all i
1: before before the stake, I like to talk with my judging partner and we, 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 we talk and we just ask each other, what, what type of dog are you looking for? And hopefully we're looking for the same type of dog, mm-hmm. you know, a, a, a big running forward dog, uh, classy dog with impeccable bird manners. That's, that's what I want to see. Um, and we do it brace by brace. You know, after the first brace, we have a first-place dog and a second-place dog from, from brace one. And then as we go, if if a, a dog comes in that has a better performance, that takes one of those dogs out, at the end of that brace we decide on we, we still have we decide on our placements at the end of that brace and we go from there. I, I don't like to go into the next brace until we're we're both in agreement on on the dogs that we're carrying. Because if you don't do it that way, it's too confusing. You're trying to keep notes on these dogs and it you know, it, you, re- you really can't keep track of them. So if, you're, if you are if weed them out as you go along, at the end of the stake, it's simple. You got your three dogs, your two dogs, and there shouldn't be any heated discussions between the judges on who they're carrying. Yeah, and you never want to, you never want, it. if you throw a dog out, the dog is out. You never want to bring them back. Yeah, Because that, that... <laughs> That just causes nothing but problems. Right. So you just just keep consistent on on your placements as you go along. Right. And that's pretty much it. Um, you know, and, and obviously you're looking for the best dog. You're looking for the dog that uh, that I say that makes you want to go for your checkbook. The fancy, the dog you want to bring home.
0: You know, ever since you said that, you know, I, I wrote that down and like that is my. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna resort to that. <laughs> I really like the way you worded that.
1: That start that started years back. I was judging with Eli Richardson, uh-huh. and w- again in in a discussion prior to go, what, what are you looking for for a dog? And I said to Eli, I'm looking for a dog that makes me go for my checkbook. And he started laughing and <laughs> he goes, "Yep, that." That sounds good to me. Right, right. So it's all. That's kind of always been a uh, we we kid around. You know, Eli and I will say, you see, you know, we'll be just riding in you know in the gallery, and we'll say to another one, we'll say to each other, oh, "That dog would make me go for my checkbook."
0: Right. Okay. Okay. I, I'm. I'm. I'm really taking that one, man. Um, <laughs> I, I'm serious. Like it's, it's
1: it's not it's not patented.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you need to, man. And I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm patent it for you. But Lord Jesus, because I mean, it makes sense. Like when you see all of these really great dogs, okay? Because you're you're working with the field trials. You're you're looking at the best of the best of the best of the best, <laughs> right? You're you're yep. weeding all that out. So it, you know, it makes sense to say, okay, well. If I'm looking at all of the best, which dog would I pay for? Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you're looking at uh, a, 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 you know, one or two braces, okay, it's obvious. But you're you're talking about multiple races over a few days yeah. and things like that. That's a tough decision. And, it is, and you don't want you don't want what they call you don't want buyer's remorse. No. Nope. So yeah, you know,
1: and and a trial like the trial that you're going
0: to, whew, you got
1: all the heavy hitters there. Yeah. <laughs> and, and boy, those judges, they got a, they got a tough job ahead of themselves. Right. And it's And it'll come down to just splitting hairs. Right. In the end.
0: And, and, and see, that's that high level performance, man, that. Sure. And, the, you know, you know <sighs> the best part about field trials is the fact that we are. We, they were started initially to perpetuate the best, um, of the, the dog's genetics, you know, sure. I'm, I'm writing an article about that, actually, and why the American field was started, and it. And it's if we go back to just Darwinism, right, like natural selection, because I mean, you know, I'm going to get all sciencey on you for a second. Okay. <laughs> and, you know, na- nature is going it, it basically what Darwin was saying is it, you're we're weeding out the dogs that could survive. And the dogs that or or who's the better survivor of, of a breed or of a species? We're just trying to perpetuate that ideology in a competitive format. You know, who is going to be the absolute best and carry its absolute, the, the best of the genetics. You know, and be able to do it throughout the span of its lifetime. You know, and that's that's something okay. that I wanted to j- kind of think about, you know.
1: Well, the the, the field trials—they're they're basically breeder stakes. That's yep. what we're looking for. Yep. They're the dogs we want to breed to to better to better the breeds.
0: Right, right. Um, you know, and we are—you know—dogs are fundamentally man-made, and so when you get this stuff, you 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 start to get. You, you have to go into the string and, and look at your kennel or, or, or your group of dogs and say okay which one has the best if it doesn't have mm-hmm. the best then we need to move it to another home you know things yeah. like that and then you're taking that breeding it to the other best and, yeah. and you know it's really I, I like it because it just filters out the absolute best of the genetics of what you are carrying yeah you can't be kennel blind that's for sure oh no 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 well you know put it this way nature is not kennel blind okay Well, yeah <laughs> true. nature is not kennel blind and and that's one thing that I like to um you know i just i just like to look at and and it gives me something to shoot for um but you know i as as we kind of get towards the end of the podcast i want to talk about gene Casale and 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 guardrail like you you really hit the nail on the head with some of the 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 stuff we were talking about with guardrail. So, what what about him for the folks that don't know? Talk about well, guardrail's history and 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 Gene Casale being was he the oldest trialer?
1: Um, Gene Casale, he's but he has made a, a big impact up here in the Northeast. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd have to say guardrail really was. That, that was it. You know, he, I, I will, unfortunately never got to see guardrail. rail. Um, he was in his heyday before I started trialing, mm-hmm. but his production record, it, it's, I think it's, it's made a huge change in the direction of the, the American pointer.
2: Really? You know, it, okay.
1: I think, I think it was a big game, game changer. You know, that's that, that they're still breeding uh, guardrail dogs today, yep. and they're, just, they're they're very sought after. There, it was just such a potent line of dogs mm-hmm. that, I, and and I think it'll carry on.
2: Well,
0: you know, I, I, I agree I with Ross that. Ross
1: yeah. Calloway, he's really heavy into breeding the the guardrail dogs.
0: Okay, Ross Calloway, what's his kennel name? You remember? Um, I
1: would I. He, if you didn't ask me, I'd be able to tell you.
0: <laughs> it's all good. Uh, I'll go look it up. It's just something I want to kind of keep on re- and kind of keep my eyes on him too. Yeah, uh, but
1: Gene Gene Cassell, he I believe it was Gene Gene was at ninety two, I believe, when he placed a dog in and la- the last placed a dog in a championship. He was riding at ninety two years good, old.
2: Good lord.
1: And just he was just such a gentleman, so polite, so humble and gracious. You know, he just, you know, he'd be up in the clubhouse in his later years and just he'd tell stories and just a just a wonderful man. And, you know, the field trial, we need more people like him there.
0: That's Mm -hmm. for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let me let me throw you a uh, let me throw you a challenge question. Let me oh see what you think. <laughs> Let me see what you think about this. Guardrail or Snakefoot?
1: Guardrail.
0: Okay. Guardrail or um Strike. <laughs> <Guardrail>. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um
1: you're you're gonna find out I'm I'm not a big L you guy.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: No, 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 no! You're no. good.
0: Now we got more. I, what? Why is that?
1: I, I just from what I've seen, I, I like the guardrail dogs. I love the Miller dogs. Uh, I love the dogs out of Ra- Rocky or Blackhawk. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I see more consistent winners. Nowadays, out of those lines, okay, you know, there, there's and 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 part of the reason I'm not a big LHU fan is any dog in existence for a long time. If it was out of a guardrail dog, people bred them,
0: yeah, so you get a lot of and mistakes in there. I
1: think it got overbred, and you know. Bob Whaley had a vision and, and he, he was a great breeder and he knew what he was looking for, but I think it got away. It got too big. And, and it just got overbred.
0: Mm-hmm. That's fair. Yeah, it, I mean, there's some great, there's some
1: great LSU dogs, like Swammy, uh, Fibber McGee, mm-hmm. uh, geez, uh, Sunflower. Mm-hmm. uh I mean, snakefoot was a great dog, but you know.
0: But was that more marketing, though?
1: Bob Whaley was a marketing genius. Mm-hmm. He marketed the dogs, and you know they, they were good dogs. Bob's Bob's dogs that Bob Whaley bred were great dogs, and 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 the, the 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 early dogs that that came from Bob's lines uh, that other people bred they were great dogs, but I think. They gained so much popularity, and they were just bred and bred and bred. You see all these LHU lines out there that I think got away from what what uh, Bob Whaley's you know vision was.
0: Right, right. Because while he was here, I mean, he was um, he was filtering out.
1: He, I yes. mean, he was
0: extreme. I mean, hair splitting precise about what he wanted and nobody was going to be able to do that. You know, if they weren't him now, let me, let me throw you a judging another judging question in regards to one of the statements that Whaley made. Um, And I'm going to paraphrase it, not quoted exactly, but basically what he was, what Whaley was saying is there has been so much emphasis on, you know, judgment of a dog, with a whole lot of range there's a lot of emphasis on range 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 Mm -hmm. but so much so that it's it's taken over the emphasis on bird finding ability class um you know along those lines so you get dogs that Mm -hmm. are huge running but they're not as productive right what do you think about that
1: I, I agree. I mean, I, lo- I I love to see a dog just take an edge and just burn it to the end. But I also like to see a dog check in to a certain extent, and mm-hmm. and you know to to want to know where its handler is. That 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 shows me the dog's got brains and it wants to be with you, right? Um, you know, you, you see, you know, you know, everybody talks about oh. Uh, a home run hit, a home run dog, you know, and a lot, a lot of the, a lot of people or a lot of pros, they'll have several different dogs in their streams. They have some that are home run hitters that are just all out. And if they get them around, you're not touching them, but then you got your dogs that are, you know, maybe not, don't range quite as far. They're a little more handier, but they always get around. They always make the hour, or the half hour, you know, I myself, over the, the years, I, I tend to to like the dogs that I can consistently get around. Okay. You know, I like to have I, I'd like to have at least one dog that that's a that's you know a heavy hitter that really just goes. But for me, con, consistency. If you're if you got a dog that you can consistently get around, get around, I think you're going to end up. In the long run, winning more field trials with that talk.
0: Okay, being able to to, <laughs> through, to through, maintain management, basically.
1: Yeah, I, I John Stillgart has told me years ago. I said the first part of winning is finishing. hmm And <laughs> there's no truer words, right. you know.
0: Well, and that you got to
1: be able to finish.
0: That is exactly right. I mean, I'm going to. I'm glad Tommy said that, too, when I had him, uh when we were talking about that. Mm-hmm. That's been a consistent theme that I'm trying to keep in the back of my mind, Um, especially with Vegas running next week. Um, Just get through the race, mm-hmm. you know, because a lot of dogs will weed themselves out by just not being able to get through it. Exactly. You know, um, and you said mention you told me something that was very, very good. I need to adopt to my um, my training book of, of, of keeping a Derby honest. And if he messes up, take him out like you would a shooting dog.
1: Yeah, I do. I mean, the dog's got plenty of time to win ribbons as a shooting dog. And these dogs are really smart. They're the dogs I feel now are so much smarter than they were 15, 20 years ago. And, it doesn't take long for for a young dog to get trial wise. It, it knows that it can get get out away from its handler and just rip birds and stuff like that. And it, it, I feel that if and it's juvenile stakes, if if you treat it as a shooting dog, and I think you're gonna you're gonna help yourself in the long run. The dog's gonna know that it's not gonna get not gonna be able to make mistakes and have poor mo- poor manners so i pick them up and you know if that's just what i feel and i see i see uh, uh some of the other pros uh do the same thing um as an amateur i i kind of adopt that and it work. i mean i see them doing it so there's a reason for it and I I just don't want my dogs getting away with something I can't
0: control. Right. Right. Um, Well, that's, that's going to be something that I'm going to adopt myself. Um, You know, just being patient, you know, not get just like hunting, you know, not getting so caught up with shooting birds because the dog will have his whole life to deal with that. But even with, um, with trialing, not getting caught up in getting the Derby ribbon, that doesn't mean it's,
1: it's, it's all about the end. It's all about them being a shoot do- shooting dog. Right. They're all shooting dogs in the end. You know, you want to get them qualified early. You know, it's 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 a little tougher to qualify a, a shooting dog in a shoot uh, than, than it is a derby. It's right. it's much easier to get a derby placement. So we all try to qualify them as a derby. Um, some people, some do- people, as soon as they get a derby placement, that dog will never see a derby stake again. Right. I, I I like giving them, giving the, the experience, but hold them to the standard of a shooting dog. Mm-hmm. If, if they, if they mark a bird or, or they, you know, a derby, if they, they take three or four steps, I mean, that's, that's fine. I'll leave them down, but because they're, they're still in the breaking process. But if, if they just all out ripping birds and not, not listening, yeah. that, then they're done. They're, they're on the leash.
0: Right. And, and and that's a whole different thing. Um, I'm actually going through a, a couple of things I'm actually dealing with my dog with now where he, you know, he'll he'll stand through the shot and things like that. But he'll mark and kind of he'll just turn the direction that the bird is going. You know, he'll take mm-hmm. that half a step over just to see where it's going. I'm all right with that. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, because I
1: don't fault a dog for that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, thinking about if we're modeling a hunting situation, a dog should do that. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. You know, if, if they should be able to. I, I would be more concerned about a dog that didn't care where the bird went. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, and of course, they won't see that bird or anything. But that—that's the difference in intelligence and not. Um, I'm currently, right now, trying to. You know, just make sure that he stays tight on point. Yesterday, he had a, a, a less than spectacular day, but then the day before, he was rock solid. And yep. and that's just to say. Well, I, I and you tell me what you think about this. Um, but the day, two days ago, we go points pigeon. And we're working on pigeons now. Um, yep. He's always been tight on quail, but on a pigeon, we're working them, send them off. I mean, rock solid, looks good, poker poker tail and everything. Then yesterday we go, and he, he he's pointing just fine, flags a little bit. As I get closer, he stops, and I take a stop. He's poker straight, and then I walk a little bit further. He starts flagging again. Then I, I take him, brush his tail up, and he tightens up a little bit more. Then I flush, and the bird flies off, and he, he ends his point tight. But my thing is, and, and I'm, I'm curious to know what you think about it. I think I'm overworking them, and he might be bored with them pigeons.
1: Yeah, I I think I think they can get a little stale on pigeons. Mm-hmm. Um, they always seem to be a lot sharper on on quail. Yeah, from my, from my experience, but I'm, I've had dogs that that you'll never notice the difference point in quail to pigeons. But yeah, some of the younger dogs, I think. I think they get a little sour on them. Not, oh. That's not to the point where they don't point them, but they just don't look so sharp on them. Right. You know, it's, you know, with, with the uh, pigeons, we're using launchers and this and that. So there's, there's a lot of other factors that fall into it. Yeah. Um, A lot of it, a lot of it is just um, confidence in the dog. And, you know, they just don't, they, they got to build their confidence. Yeah. And and it comes with age, you know. Just just try to stay as little as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, you know, I might woe them once, and then just from then on, just go in for my flush. And you know, I, I, I don't, I don't give much. I don't think I'm qualified enough to give training advice, but <laughs> I, I just I just do what works for me.
0: Right. Right. Well, and that, that's something that I think we all have to pay attention. You know, and, you, and there are quirks, there are things. Um, I'm not going to fault him too much for it. I'm honestly just going to put him up for a week.
1: He's a young dog, yeah.
0: You know, just put him up.
1: I like to, I mean, and it's everybody's different. I like to keep, especially my, uh, the older, my shooting dogs, I like to, I want them hungry for birds. I want them, you know... Uh, I don't show them the birds nearly as many birds as I do my younger dogs, because mm-hmm. I mean, I'm in the process of breaking them and stuff like that. You know, most of it, it it falls down to conditioning with the shooting dog, and and then you know, th- there's always bird work involved, but it's not to the extent that the younger dogs get.
0: Right, right. Well, that that is going to be my thing, and we're going to sit back and hang out and enjoy the week. Um, now. Last thing, and 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 you and I are both big, you know, fans of Maurice Lindley and all of that. Oh, yeah. But you had a very compelling story about meeting oh. the writer of his book. So let's talk. Let's end on that note.
1: Okay. okay. Um. It was, I, uh, I was going down. It was to the U.S. Complete uh, National Invitational Championship, and it was being held in the Hoffman area. And I got a call from George. He lives in, um, union level, Virginia.
0: Mm-hmm. You said George, and get that last time. George, Do-
1: George Do- Doyle. Okay. Okay. Him and him and his wife, JJ, they, they have a, a bed and breakfast in union level and they kind of, they kind of cater to, uh, field trialers and, you know, they're, they're field trials themselves. And, uh, so they, uh, George gave me a call and he says, Tim, uh, if you want to s- stop in and train for a couple of days on your way down, he says, you're more than welcome. I'd love to have you. So I took him up on the offer and, uh, the first day that George and I, and, uh, um, we were out training and we got talking about, uh, working dogs and he, he's, he likes the, uh, uh, the Mo Lindley. Uh, method himself. And, uh, that evening, uh, we w- we were talking and we, we got talking about, uh, training, which we always do. And I was telling him how, you know, I just, I just favor that method because my dogs seem to respond really well to it. And that, that I had loaned my, the, my book to, uh, a friend of mine and I never got it back. Mm-hmm. Well, we, we went out. I stayed that night. The next day I was going to stay again, stay the following night. And uh, he said, oh, I, Tim, uh, we got a guest coming uh, for dinner tonight. I said, oh, great. So um, dinner came, and uh, in walks through the door, door was uh, Martha Greenley, And they, int- they introduced me. I was like, wow, this is great. And, and she goes, oh, I have a gift for you. And she hands me this thing. I open up and it's a signed copy of Mo's book. She told <laughs> Ge- George told me how you lost your other book. And I thought that was I just made my But we had such a fantastic evening, just you know, sitting there talking about Mo and his method. And she's I mean, she's got a, a lot of experience herself. I mean, just she's so humble and so sweet and she doesn't, you know, doesn't try to push anything on you. Just explain the way she explains things to you. It's just so, it's so nice. And it it, it was, it was an evening I really, I won't forget. It was really special evening to meet her and that, you know, she thought enough to bring me that book and it, 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 that was, that was much nicer than, going to the championship that that yeah. was that made my trip
0: yeah yeah right there I look I can definitely believe it uh you know how great of a moment that was I uh spent some time a, a, a day a half a day with Mo and man yeah. it's unbelievable you know just the stuff that you learn yeah. from him yeah
1: I've never met him and he does do a seminar down in that area and i yeah. one of these years I want to make it to it but it always seems like there's a there's a trial that weekend, so I right. I well, haven't been able to make
0: it. Well, I I think it, it'd be good, even if you can come down on a Saturday, man, because I know he does, like, trainings on, you know, just every Saturday. People come out and kind of hang out, and they eat and stuff like that. Um, I I think it'll be worth your while, man. I, oh, he's I'm a sure I'd just like dude. to meet the man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real cool dude, real cool dude. Well, oh, I bet, all right. Well, you know, Tim, I think, like I said, I, I, I'm pretty sure we got ourselves a conversation. Like, what would you, you know, what do you want to leave with, with folks and how can folks get in contact with you? It, it, what do you want to leave with folks as far as, you know, field trialing or, or anything you got on your mind? Well, first of all,
1: just, you know, let it be fun and enjoy yourself. You know, be, be happy at the end of the day when, if you're driving out and you got your, all your dogs in your truck and you're happy with their performance, you know, that, that right there, you know, that's the main thing is that you're happy with your dog's performance. And, you know, it's one of the best things about field trial is you, you're hanging around for a couple of days with everybody that loves the same thing you do. Right. So he just enjoy it. You know, it, you can be competitive, but at the end of the day, just be happy with your dogs and what they did, you know? Um, and that's the way I look at it. You know, everybody likes to win, but it, it, if you're happy with your dogs, that's the main thing.
0: Right. Right. I think that is, that is paramount to, to understanding that. I mean, yeah, like it's, it's a competition who I, I don't know of anybody that would, that would feel the same, not getting a ribbon as they would getting a ribbon, but it's not about that. You know, getting a ribbon is great, but yeah. Um, I, you know, I just really appreciate your enthusiasm for the field trial game and the culture and everything that you've taught me in the last, you know, few days, week that we've been, you know, chit chatting on the phone. Um, and I, and I, I hope to be able to continue bugging you about, uh, you know, some trial stuff going forward.
1: Anytime. And and like, like, uh, the The mentoring thing that that's sort of I feel that's that's going to be a great program once that kicks
0: off. Yeah, I'm, any- i I want to get more people signed up to be mentors, though, man. Like, there's a lot of people hungry for the knowledge. Hmm. You know, but it it's yeah. it's it's a, on the other end of it. It doesn't seem like a whole lot of people have done the mentorship, and maybe it's just something yeah. that takes time.
1: Yeah. It, it uh, or. I wonder if many people know about it. I mean, right. maybe we need to get the word out there a little bit more because, and I'll certainly pass the word and, um, forward the information to people. Oh. Um, it, it, even if we just get a few people, right. It, you know, it, one person could lead to another, to another, to another. And it's something we have to do.
0: Hmm. I agree. I agree. Well, I'm going to keep pushing that, um, for the folks that want to mentor or want to find a mentor, um, you can find it on my website, thegundognotebook.com. Um, Paul Cook, actually, it was his idea. Um, you can find it, the information through him, Alder for English Setters. Um, and I will update the list, um, every week. I know Tim, you're on there. You just filled it out. Um, yep. so I will update the list every week, um, you know, on Saturdays and things like that, and just try to keep a running order. And then pretty soon, I'm going to start sending out the actual emails to just kind of jumpstart the connecting process. So, you know, it's, it's it's work to be done, my friend.
1: Yeah, and if you could just hit me up with those, with that that um that link again, so I can pass it on to people that that um might not be uh, familiar with it, and try to get more people that way. Because I know people are definitely interested in in trying to get more people into it. We had that discussion at one of the meetings Mm -hmm. and I know a group of people that would definitely jump on it. So,
0: yep. Yep. I agree. Well, I will get that to you again. Um, and thank you, Tim. You know, I'm, well, I'm about to <laughs> invite me. Look, it's been a pleasure, and I'm about to wrap everything up, and then we're going we gonna to head to Union Springs. Well, enjoy yourself. I want to hear about it when you get back. Oh, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you about it and flood you with a whole bunch of pictures. How about that? Sounds good to me. <laughs> well, okay, have a safe trip down there. Hey, thank you so much, Um, and I will get this podcast up and post it ASAP. Okay, Darrell. It It's great talking to you as always. Yes, sir. Thank you. Call you
1: soon. Take care,
0: buddy. Bye. Bye. All right, guys. That's another episode of the Gundog Notebook Podcast. And and that was Tim Kavanaugh. If y'all haven't gotten, you know, enough of good information from Tim. I don't I don't know, uh we might have to have him on again, but I, and I and I know I'm going to continue developing a great relationship with him. Um guys get let's 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 bring more folks into the field trial game. Let's have more conversations and uh you know I look forward to, to talking to many, many, many more people um about this whole endeavor and, and documenting my growth and development with Vegas and, and any other daughter that I have coming forward. So with that being said, guys, I want to thank my sponsors. You know, starting out, my title sponsor Onyx Hunt. Uh, make sure you use my promo code GDN20 um, for twenty percent off at checkout. Uh, make sure you guys go and check out Yukonuba Sporting Dog, the premium performance thirty twenty blend um, that has been phenomenal for my dogs. Um, Dakota Two Eighty Three Kennels. Make sure you use the pro the uh, promo code TGDN10 for 10% off of there. air um, at checkout, and make sure you check out those those G3 kennels and the tonneau cover kennels. Um, also, Lion Country Supply, they keep us all supplied, and, and um, they're very active in the field trial world. Make sure, make sure that you guys go and get you a Garmin e-collar system. I'm using the Pro 550 Plus, and... I can tell you now i'm not, i'm very likely going to stick with that going forward um, it's a great training tool um you know and check out the public grouse film also from project upland if you um if you guys have not bought tickets yet make sure you do so um i know there is the um on february 8th there's gonna be the um the showing down in thomasville So make sure you do that um, and go check that out. Um, Also, what else did I have in mind? Oh, I'm not going to be able to be down in Tomsville. I'll be trialing that day. I thought I was going to Pheasant Fest. Um, I I definitely thought I was going to, but I actually need to stay back, you know, do some Valentine's Day stuff with my family and with my little girl. It'll be her first Valentine's Day. And I also got a chance to do some some running with Vegas on some pretty nice ground so I think I'm going to hang back instead of going to Pheasant Fest this year but maybe next year but anywho guys thank y'all for tuning in to the Gundog Notebook podcast and uh, I'm looking forward to getting this episode up uh, very soon and and having a chat with Tommy Rice at the the trial and, and maybe getting some more content look forward to talking to Raymond Jackson as well so you guys stay tuned for some more episodes coming up next week